Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special Christmas message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Bible says that there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. One mediator. Mary wasn't a co-mediator. Verse 46, please look at it. She said, I rejoice in God. Are you looking at verse 46? I rejoice in God. My Savior, Mary, knew she needed a Savior. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, when the disciples were waiting for the Holy Spirit, Mary was gathered in the upper room waiting and praying with the other disciples. Mary needed a Savior like everybody else. And even though she was special, interesting, Jesus kept his priority. You know, you got a mom who's special to God, but Jesus in his earthly ministry kept his priority and he kept his focus I think of Luke chapter 11, verse 27. Jesus had just finished preaching, and this woman in the audience, she just kind of yells out. She says, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that you nursed. And Jesus said to that woman, he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. Another time, Mary and Jesus' brothers Wanted to talk to him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. And somebody came to Jesus and said, Jesus, your mom and your brothers and sisters, your family's out there and they need to talk to you. And Jesus said, my mother and my brother are they that hear the word of God and do it. You'll find that in Luke 8, 21. Mary is special. I mean, think about it. Mary knows stuff about Jesus that nobody knows. Think about that. She knows stuff about Jesus nobody knows. Mary, Mary knows what Jesus was like when he was a baby. And when you get to heaven, you'll only be able to ask Mary, hey, what was Jesus like when he was a baby? Like when he was in your stomach, did he kick a lot? I mean, you know, he's God. Was he like just chilling in, in there as, as God resting on the throne? <laughs> Who knows? He's God. He could have made his own throne in there and been very comfortable and I don't know why I'm saying this, but she knows stuff. I mean, you know, you know, Mary, hey, what kind of baby was he? Did he was he very active? You know, some babies are very active and mommies who are pregnant, you know what I'm talking about. Some babies kick, kick, kick. I hear about babies that, that, that kick, like when mommies are pregnant and they are here in the sanctuary, the babies kick during the music. They like kick into, you know, and, you know, do you hear what I hear? Boom, 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 boom. Mom's like, oh, 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 oh. 
<laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> Some things just ain't right. And, uh, but I mean, it's this stuff that Mary knows. You know, did, did you have morning sickness? I mean, you got, God is in your stomach. And you have difficult labor. How long was your labor? Did you have back labor? And, you know, I, 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 first service, I said, last night I said to people, I said, back labor. Those people looked at me like I had six heads. I said, y'all don't know what back labor is? And, and, and don't y'all know what back labor is? You have back labor. Back labor is labor in the back. <laughs> now, I never had it, but I, I've heard about it. And, you know, Mary knows stuff that only Mary knows. When you get to heaven, you get to ask her what Jesus was like when he was a baby. But Mary isn't like every other woman. She was a mother of God, but she wasn't God. She shouldn't be deified, but at the same time, I think we should honor her. And she was given the privilege to be the mother of the Messiah. And the Bible says that she is blessed among women, not above women. Blessed among women. Point number two, Mary magnified the Lord because God chose her. Please look at verse 48 in your Bibles. God chose her. Now, Mary and Elizabeth were wonderful women, according to Luke. Luke seems to love the faith of these women and the humility of these women. And look, matter of fact, just jump back up to verse 43 of chapter 1. Elizabeth was blown away that she was honored to receive the news that Mary was going to be the mother of the Messiah. And Mary said, he has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. You know, the only people that can truly magnify the Lord, and perhaps you'll agree, but the only people that can truly magnify the Lord are people who acknowledge their lowly estate. Humble people, somebody say amen. Humble people. God resists the proud, but he gives what? Grace to the humble or to the lowly. So Mary magnified the Lord because God chose her, point number two. Point number three, Mary magnified the Lord because God was mighty for her. In verse 49, for he who was mighty has done great things for me. In other words, Mary knew he could have chosen somebody else. Of all the women in Israel, God chose this girl from the backwoods of Nazareth. And it was her womb that became the holy of holies for the Son of God to dwell. This teenage girl had a humility and a dependency on the Lord. And she knew that she was omni-nothing and he was omni-everything who chose her. Point number four, Mary magnified the Lord for what he did for us. In verse 50, please look at that. His mercy is on those who fear him. Verse 52. The proud he makes to run away and scatter. The weak he lifts up by putting down the mighty and removing them from their man-made thrones. The hungry they shall be filled. And those that think they were rich walk away realizing they were always empty. And finally, number five, Mary magnified the Lord for what he did for Israel. In verse 54 and 55, even though Israel was disobedient, God would remember his promise to Abraham 3,000 years before. Mary is saying this is the fulfillment of that promise made to Abraham way back in Genesis 17. In verse 56, it tells us that Mary stayed with Elizabeth probably until John was born or right before and then headed back home. So get this. The whole world revolves around this teenage girl who makes a decision to give her life and her wound to God for the birth of of the Messiah. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, think about it like this. You know the Christmas story, don't you? Caesar 
orders the whole Roman Empire to be taxed. And Caesar ordered a census to be taken, forcing everybody to go back to the city of birth. And I'm sure that Caesar was thinking, you know, I'm all that. I'm powerful man. He's a megalomaniac. I mean, he's thinking, you know, I'm a powerful man. I can give a word or I can send a decree and move the entire world around. He thinks he's powerful, but he doesn't know. How many of you in this room know that God is in control? How many of you know that? God is in control. God is in control. And, and God is in control of the past and the present and the future. And little did Caesar know that he was being puppeted by God because 700 years earlier, there was a prophecy spoken that had to be fulfilled in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Write it down. But thou, Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth has been from old and from everlasting. So God has his prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. And if you will, if God could, he has a problem. So God begins to pull some strings and put it on the heart of Caesar to say, everybody go home, Mary and Joe, pack it up and go home, go back to Bethlehem. You see, all of that was to fulfill a prophecy spoken thousands or hundreds of years earlier that it might be fulfilled. So God is in control of the affairs of men. And we would get all caught up in, you know, what's going on in the White House. We get all caught up in what's going on in Washington, D.C. Can I tell you something? I am not concerned what goes on in D.C. at all. I am not concerned with politics at all because I know, first of all, much, most, most politics is corrupt. I don't care on their best day. I don't care on the best candidate. It's corruption. And the reality is God is in heaven controlling and puppeting, if you will, like um, like a Mary, um, a Marian, Mariette, like the Mariettes, you know, right? The Mariettes. Oh, the Mar- Marionettes. Yeah, that's why I said the Mary Mariettes. You know the people with the strings. And the people that do the string, they got strings in the Mary, 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 Marionettes, Marionettes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands for Jesus. He's good. And, 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 and God is, 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 is marionetting the affairs of the world. And although man thinks they're in control, it is God who is pulling the strings. Where, see, I'm, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. And where Caesar thought he was in control, I want the whole world move back so we can do attacks. God was setting all that up. God put that in his heart because he needed Mary and Joseph to be in Bethlehem so that the scriptures might be fulfilled that the Savior of the world would be born in Bethlehem. God is in control. Clap your hands, please. And don't forget that. And when things don't go your way and situations don't happen the way you think they should happen, you should remember that. God is in control. I don't care if you're 8 or 80. God's in control. No matter what, God is in control. And we as believers, we should trust 
the Lord. Now, it's very interesting. I'm going to come in for a landing right here. It's very interesting because Mary's song, and I'm going to try to do this quickly. Mary's song is very similar to Hannah's song. Do you guys remember Hannah? Hannah didn't have any children, and she wanted to have them, so she prayed to God, and God gave her a male child. And what was the male child's name? Samuel, very good. And, and, and when God gave her Samuel, Hannah praised the Lord. Hannah gave glory to God, and she just praised the Lord because God gave her a male child. And what's interesting, get this, is that Hannah's song sounds a lot like Mary's song. What you talk about, Willis? Hold right here and turn with me to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 2. 1 Samuel, turn, keep your finger right there in, in, in Luke because we're going to come back there really, really quick. But I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2, and it's on page 244. 1 Samuel 2, and it's on page 244 and, 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 and in, in my Bible. And... Um, and look at verse, uh, and notice these, these prayers sound, sound the same. They sound almost the same, okay? And I'll tell you why in a minute. First Samuel 2, look at verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say, I'm looking at it. And Hannah, okay, some of y'all not looking yet. I'll wait. First Samuel 2, verse 1. If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. That's enough. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation, God. And no one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. See, that's where that comes from. There's no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows, the bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumble are girded with strength. And those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to, to hunger. And even the barren have, has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave, and he brings up. The Lord makes poor, and he makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. He will guard their feet of his saints, the feet of his saints. But the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces from heaven. He will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. And he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Saints, isn't it interesting to you that Hannah's prayer, listen, sounds like Mary's prayer. I call this like parallels in praise. Listen. Hannah said in 1 Samuel, go back over to Luke. Hannah said in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, she said, My heart exalts in the Lord, and I rejoice in thy salvation. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Hannah said, There is none holy like the Lord. Mary said, Holy is his name. Hannah said, 
The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Mary said, he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. Hannah said, those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. Mary said, he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Interesting. They're parallels, huh? Not word for word. And I don't think, listen, I don't think it is Mary nor Luke's intention that they be word for word because they're not trying to quote the Old Testament. What is happening here is, as I told you earlier, that Mary as a teenager, she's like 13. She probably ain't older than you, sweetie. How old are you? Yeah, you. Anybody 13? <laughs> Somebody 13 right there? All right, you 13. Well, I'm talking to you. She ain't no older than you. And she is a young girl, and she knows the word of God. And what I think happens is, is happening here, is that Hannah, God help me, is that Hannah, that Mary knows the word of God so well, and she knows Hannah's prayer. She knows it because she knows the word. So when she receives this awesome news that you're going to be the mother of the Messiah, she just kind of breaks forth in the praise. And when you know the word of God and God's word is written on the tables of your heart and your mind has been transformed and conformed into the image of God, then you start to think like the word and you start to say what the word says. And when somebody says something to you or something happens, whether good or bad, the word of God just comes out. And I think that's what happened where Mary, she just begins to just praise the Lord for, for this news. And, 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 and God's word is just so woven in her mind, in her thought, in her being that she just begins to praise the Lord because she knows the word. It's almost like when, when, when we as believers that we should know the word of God. And we should, whenever we're faced with situations, are you listening? Whenever we're faced with situations in our lives, we, we need to just, just quote the word. We need to know the word. We need to read the word and hide the word as Proverbs uh, 7 tells us that we need to bind the word on our fingers and write the word on the tables of our hearts so that when problems come and situations come, you're not going to have time to go get your Bible, sweetie. You're going to need to know the word of God. You're going to need to have the word written upon. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. You got to have the word written upon the tables of your heart so that when that something happens, that word just comes forth out of your mouth, whether it's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing. And then, and then, and then you, 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 because you read the word, because you study the word, because you absorb the word, because you take in the word, then, then God's word just, just, just comes off your lips. And even when you're talking to people or, or you're looking for wisdom and exercising wisdom in your day to day life, the word of God is leading you and guiding you in all truth because you have the word as a part of the fiber of who you are. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, clap your hands and say amen, would you? And I think what happens is we as believers, we don't have the word in us. 
So then when we don't have the word in us, situations happen. Oh, I got to talk to the pastor. I got to get counsel. I got to get this. I got to get that. Listen, you will never need counsel if you know God's word because the wonderful counselor lives. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. The wonderful counselor, the Holy Spirit, lives on the inside of you. And then when things happen, you just bless people. You just, you just speak the word of God. You know, you're driving on the freeway and somebody cuts you off on a 440. And you drive up next to them and just look at them and go, bless you. No, not like that. <laughs> or you're at Walmart and somebody bump you with a, you know, because I'm, I'm telling you, I don't go to Walmart during the holidays. But let me tell you, let me take it back. If I go to Walmart, I go early in the morning when there ain't nobody there or late at night when there ain't nobody there. But I don't know what is. Maybe it's me and Walmart, Joy, Jay. I don't know, y'all. But something, Walmart and me don't mix. Because every time I go to Walmart, something happens. Somebody bumps me with their car or hit me in the head or something like that. It happens all the time. And then the word of God is well up in me. And then, you know, they hit me and I go, you know what? Bless you. Not really. But, you know, you got you to gotta have the word in your heart. And, so, and, and you know, and, and exercise wisdom. Listen, if you know bad things happen at Walmart, don't go to Walmart. So I just don't, I mean, if you work for Walmart, I love you, but it's just uh, something wrong. And y'all don't want to see the pastor in the headlines. Pastor Rodney from Calvary Chapel beats up old lady. You don't, <laughs> you don't want to see that. It's not good. So the word of God needs to dwell. Dwell in your heart to guide your steps, guide your life, guide your footsteps. And, 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 and then when you're faced in that moment of temptation like Jesus, when Satan came to tempt him and he said, that stone, he said, you know, you're hungry. Turn that stone to bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You got to know the word of God. And my encouragement to you is study God's word. How about that for a New Year's resolution? How about that for a New Year's resolution? Is that all right? I'm shocked that not more people are clapping. I'm more shocked. I'm more shocked. Study God's word. You know, you're going to make a New Year's resolution, no more cheesecake for the next 10 years. That ain't going to happen. Y'all making these unrealistic resolutions. I'm not going to drink, eat chocolate for the next year and a half. That ain't going to happen. That will last for about 26 hours. How about this? I'm going to write the word of God on my heart. I'm going to make God's word a part of my life. I'm going to read God's word every day. I'm going to learn a scripture verse or memory verse once a week, every week for the next year. Think about that. If you just said, hey, I'm going to grab a memory verse every week, I'm going to get a new memory verse. I'm getting ahead of myself. Every week I'm getting a new memory verse, and I'm going to memorize that verse every day, once a week. I get a new memory verse. How about that? That's getting the Word of God on the tables of your heart. You'd be surprised how your life will go and the joy that you will experience when God's Word is a part of your life. You'd be surprised. No more Prozac. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't need all that. Because God's word is my strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Don't forget that. I used to say that Christmas isn't about the gifts. I think I'm going to stop saying that. Christmas is about the gift. It really is. It's about the gift of Jesus. Christmas is about the gift. It's about the gift of Jesus. And I pray that you, I pray that you have received the gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Knowing the Christ of Christmas starts with the virgin birth and the babe in Bethlehem. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Hi, this is Pastor Rodney from Salt and Light. The holiday season is arguably the busiest time of year. Meals to prepare, gifts to buy, guests to receive, decorations to be set up, cards to send, and long lines to endure, and the list goes on. May I encourage you to spend time with the Lord and His Word? During these busy times, you'll find that spending time with Jesus will calm the chaos and steady your focus. Because remember, Jesus truly is the reason for the season. May you and yours have a Jesus-filled Christmas and a blessed new year.